Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God for our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will continue to discuss the subject, the second angel's message. We will be studying what the Bible teaches. Our guest speaker is based in Maryland in the United States of America. More about our guest after we've had some music. Soul 
shall find rest beyond the Second Angel's Message. We will continue to discuss this subject tonight with Elder Ray Ricardo. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Let's now call Elder Ricardo and see if he's available. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Elder Ricardo, you are live and voice in the wilderness internet radio. How are you this evening, Elder? I'm fine, thank you, John. Yourself? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Praise the Lord. Yes, God is good. Well, mm-hmm. Elder Ricardo, tonight we will be discussing these questions together. What does Babylon's wine of fornication mean? Why does Babylon's wine of fornication cause wrath? What results do we see in the world because of Babylon's fall? Why does God send his second angel after the first angel? And how can we know if we are in the Babylon symbolized in Revelation chapter 14, verse 8 or not? So, Elder, before we have a discussion this evening, shall we have a word of prayer together, please? Our Father in heaven, once again, we thank you for the privilege that we can come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to discuss these very important topics. I pray, dear God, that you please bless us now and help us to articulate those essential truths uh, for the listeners who 
might be inquiring after these things. Put within our hearts a deep desire, dear Lord, to not only know you, but to share you amongst uh, those around us so that we might prepare uh, ourselves and others for the soon coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now through Christ our Lord, forgive us of our sins and bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father Ricardo, what does Babylon's wine of fornication mean? Well, John, I'm going to tell you, you know, I was uh, thinking about uh, that very issue relative to the uh, lessons that we've already covered previously. And when you look at the overall um, presentations uh, that have been presented thus far regarding this issue of the second angel, Yes. We see here very clearly when you look, for example, Revelation fourteen eight. Uh, let's let's just quickly look at this. And there followed another angel saying, "Babylon has fallen, has fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication." So here we have again that very concept that you're uh, referring to. Uh, it's repeated again. Let me show you again here, Revelation seventeen. Yes. Let's look here in verses 1 and 2. Uh, it says this, and there, and there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying to me, Come hither, and I will show you the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of a fornication. Very interesting. I want to come back to that in a second, but very you have again a, a re repetition, but a magnification regarding the nature of the wine of that yes. fornication. Then we come to Revelation 18. And once more, look at verse one here. We'll start here. It says, and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Now, just for our listeners' sake, the contextual setting of this very proclamation gives us an understanding that in the last days, a message will come from heaven with such great power that the entire earth will be enlightened regarding the nature of this message, meaning every person on the face of this earth is going to hear this message. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a message that will be presented uh, in such clarity, such certainty, and such power. No one is going to be left in a state of uncertainty regarding the nature of the truths that are spoken here. So this is very critical. Then he continues on. He says, and he cried mightily with a strong voice. And again, that symbolizes the fact that it's a clarity, a certainty that no one can stop what's coming. God is going to proclaim this message. And no matter what the powers of the earth, Babylon, the, the whole entire system uh, of the Babylonian system, nothing can stop God. Nothing. This message Amen. is going to go forth in great power. And he says, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit in a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And let me just say for our listeners, just to dovetail into last week's lesson, because this was brought up very clearly and, and by, by you, John, and I really appreciated listening to that message. It, the the Babylon inhabits, in other words, when you look at the institution itself and, and all that it encompasses, every yes. wicked, vile uh, thing that exists within society, every institution, every corruption, every war, violence, murder, lust, everything, all it, 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 it co-inhabits, in other words, within the institution. Yes. Babylon is not just confusion, it's corruption beyond the wildest dreams. 
Then he goes on to say this, and all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of fornication. So once more, the third time you see that repeated, the wine of the wrath of fornication. So what does the Babylon's wine of fornication mean? Well, let's look at two things. We have wine. That's the word wine. And then we have the word fornication. A fornication is an illicit union. It's an illicit union between two parties. In other words, it's, it's, a, it's a union that God does not sanction. He condemns this union. And, of course, what is that union? Well, we look here uh, clearly in Revelation chapter 17. And what do, we, what do we have here? We have a woman riding a beast, a woman representing a church. A beast representing a political system. This, of course, found in verse 3 of Revelation 17. And so here we find the very clear description of the concept of fornication, the unification of church and state, where the state is ruling the, the, the or excuse me, the uh, church is ruling the state, where the state is now supporting the woman. And, uh, and fundamentally, in, in, uh, it is, it is uh, enforcing the dogmas of the religious institution, namely Rome. Uh, and, and those who, of course, oppose this um, a union will be met with the severest of penalties. However, this union produces wine and in other words, this this concept of uh, of um, of a unification, this fornication, is the wine of Babylon. It's a it's a it's a false doctrine. It's a false union, uh, and it's in and it's presented to the people in such a way whereby they then uh, are are drunk, as it says in Revelation seventeen two. They're drunk with the wine of the wrath of a fornication. Yes. The people are buying into the lie. That's the point. So so what do we have here? We have a illicit union between two parties, namely the church and the state, whereby the false doctrines of Rome, as well as these false uh, union, this doctrinal union, uh, this uh, the misconception uh, and the under- misunderstanding of the unification of church and state, um, and this whole idea is is led people into a state of confusion, whereby yes. they become drunk spiritually. So this is what you have here. This is a very serious, um, a very serious condition to be in, and and I might add. It's a very serious sin in the eyes of God, so much so that he's even said in several uh, passages in the the chapters that I've referenced, he's going to bring the wrath of God upon them. Yes. Yes, Elder Ricardo, because the church should not be married to the state. It should be married to Christ, isn't it? Amen. That's why I really appreciated your last week's message. I thought it was beautifully presented, wonderfully done. Praise the Lord. Elder Ricardo, let's move on. You've um, covered that clearly. Why does Babylon's wine of fornication cause rough? Well, again, we're going to pick right up where we left off, and we're going to just take this thing to the level where God indicates very clearly. Let's First of all, let's look, going back to Revelation 14, let's get all our listeners, so hopefully you got your Bibles with you. And uh, I want to encourage you to look with me to Revelation 14, verse 8. This, again, is following the first angel's message. Very critical. By the way, we'll be talking about that shortly. But notice what it says here. It says, Babylon the great, or Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now, once that happens, then kicks in the third angel's message. Okay? And you get, you've get you got a warning, an admonition, a pleading with God. Telling him, if any man worship the beast in his image, receive his mark in his forehead, his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture, which means there's no mercy 
in God's wrath and at this point in time. By the way, just for our listeners' sake, just let me dovetail just for a moment. Yeah. Prior to this, prior to this, every judgment God has ever sent on mankind, and this includes the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. This includes the uh, the destruction of the antediluvian world in the days of Noah. Uh, and every other judgment God has sent, even on Egypt to the plagues and so forth. God has always mingled his mercy. Now, as horrendous as those judgments were, think about this. They were always mingled with mercy. In this particular case, though, the sin of fornication, the wine of the wrath of fornication, Babylon, is so egregious to God, so, so egregious to God that he says, I will not tolerate this and he will pour out his wrath with mingle with no mercy. There's no mercy at this point in time. This tells you how serious it is. And so you see him uh, 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 declaring, they shall drink. Now, this is very fascinating, by the way. Yeah. This is a fascinating phrase of verse 10 of Revelation 14. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, just as they drank the, the, the wine of Babylon. It says there in Revelation 17, they were drunk with the wine of the fat of her fornication. They drank that wine. In this particular case, God's going to make them drink another wine, but it's the wrath of God Almighty. Yeah. And uh, and I and I'm going to tell you, dear friends, if you are imbibing the false doctrines of Rome, if you are if you are in any way drinking the wine of Babylon. Uh, I can only admonish you to do what is told uh, us in Revelation 18, 1 to 4, come out of her, my people. Don't sit there and wait. Don't be like Lot's wife. Come out immediately. So you see here, John, very clearly, why, why is it so, uh, so egregious to God? Because of what is happening. Go to Revelation 17. Let's go back yes. quickly. Let's get our listeners involved in this really clearly. Look what it says here, Revelation 17, verse 2. And again, he, he talks about just the end part of verse uh, 1. He says, I will show you the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many. So here he's going to pronounce the judgment upon her because of the wine of the wrath, uh, or excuse me, the wine of Babylon, the fornication. He goes on to say, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of fornication. Yeah. So you see here, once again, notice the kings of the earth have united with the woman. And you see it again, there's that, that union, that fornication, that act of abomination in the eyes of God. As a result, the people People will be made to force to be to drink or drunk this, it says in the King James, the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So you can see why it is so egregious to God, because this is bringing about the final culmination of the end of all things, whereby mankind, sadly to say, for the most part, is going to choose uh, the wrong path. You know, the Bible says, Jesus, and many are called, but few are chosen. And today, Paul talks about, and of course, he, this is in Hebrews chapter 10, and he pleads, he's, he's actually quoting um, the uh, David. He says, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, and there's a day in the provocation. As, in other words, in the day in which God calls you, in that very moment, yes. don't hesitate. Oh, embrace it and, and and follow God. Any hesitation could cost you eternal life. So yes. why is there such an indignation by God Almighty over this? This is the ultimate blasphemous act against God Almighty. The world, the church, the state are united in opposition to God, and uh, and they have now chosen their allegiance 
uh, and that allegiance they've given to Satan and not to Jesus Christ. And they've crossed the line of, of, uh, of, of the point of no return. Uh, when they, of course, issue the uh, Sunday laws uh, and when this then transgress over into the seventh day Sabbath. So when you have that final act where Sunday is enforced by law to take away the Sabbath uh, in the hearts and the minds of God's people, that's the final act. That's when the angel of mercy is about to take her flight and never more to return. So yeah. this is why it's so egregious. Yes. <clears throat> yes, thanks, Soda for um sharing your your um thoughts and understanding here and i'd also like to add as well you see listeners why is as the elders said you see you've got to understand why god's wrath really needs to be poured out upon babylon mm-hmm. now and i've understand the matter is this as well that if you separate from love then you have no power to love and you'll hate and this is why so many professed Christian churches advocate things like racism and bigotry. And by mm. the way, racism is not just, you know, black and white and white and black. It's across all peoples. Just want yep. to make that clear, you see. And by separating from God, by advocating his false doctrines, it turns the people to hate, not to manifest love, you see. And that's the whole reason why the church should is supposed to be on this earth, to reveal the love of God, the love of Christ, to reflect his, his goodness, his righteousness to the people, you see? And the fact of the matter is that the sin of the world lies at the door of the unfaithful Christian church, mm. you see? And, you know, hatred leads to murder and death. And we've given you some examples of how, these, of how political movements have come up through these um, systems, these anti-Christian systems that profess to be Christian. And... You know, I'll just say this. The moral lesson is that satanic doctrine and human doors and human laws, sorry, can only cause hatred to develop in the human heart. Whilst reliance upon the power of God and obedience to his commandments is the only way to preserve true love. Listeners. Amen. See? Amen. And this is what Elder Ricardo and myself are sharing with you. So, Elder Ricardo. This now moves us on nicely to the next question. What results do we see in the world because of Babylon's fall? Now, again, this is perfect. <laughs> this fl- follows just so beautifully, dovetails nicely. Look, what are the results? That's the key thing. I mean, when you're looking at the, the proclamation of the fall of Babylon, what results is that? Well, we see clearly, one, God is, uh, God is pronouncing a, uh, a twofold uh, message. One, you have the third angel's message following yes. the second. Then you have a repetition of the, of the second angel's message in the fourth angel of Revelation 18, 1 to 4, come out of her, my people. In other words, when you hear that third angel's message, uh, warning you not to worship the beast in his image, receive his mark in your forehead or your hand, and so forth. Uh, at that same time, God's calling you to come out. Come out of her. Come out. Yes. And so we see here uh, a, a, a last message. As I was telling you earlier on, our listeners, when you look at this very carefully, that um, – Everything that is wicked and evil that is in Babylon uh, must be separated from us. Yes. Um, now, we're, we live in the world. That's true. Jesus told us that. We live in the world, but we're not to be of 
the world. We're not to have the partakers of the same spirit of the world. And I think that's what John's, you know, so wonderfully articulated just moments ago. The idea that when you look at Babylon, look at the spirit. Look at what it's manifesting. Hatred, bigotry, yes. racism, murder, lust, pride, selfishness, greed. Every evil, wicked, vile thing is, is manifested in, the, in Babylon. It's the spirit of the world. Yes. And if, listeners, if you are partaking of the same spirit, surely, dear friends, then how can you possibly proclaim Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Listen, listen, I'm going to encourage you to understand the invitation here. Look, go to Revelation 18. Let's look here now. Let's look. Let's see what 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 really happens here when you're looking at Revelation 18. And this is one of the most fascinating chapters dealing with the result of the fall of Babylon and what takes place. We see a dismantling, a dismantling of the, as we often say, the old guard. Babylon, its institutions, it the, you know everything that the kings of the earth, the merchants of the earth, the shipmasters that are described here in Revelation 18. These are the three key components, by the way, and I want to uh, focus our listeners onto this. Study it carefully. The kings of the earth are mentioned. With uh, the merchants of the earth are mentioned. The big, the shipbuilders, the masters of the sea are mentioned. Yes. Um, and so, when you look at all those things, they're intimately cl- connected to Babylon. And so, uh, what do we have? We have the political systems of the world represented by the kings of the earth. The merchants of the earth. A merchant is someone who sells and trades in goods. And by the way, a list of the items of the goods, or at least some of them, are mentioned here in Revelation 18. Yes. And where do you buy and purchase these kind of items? Well, mainly you're finding in in Wall Street or the or the International Monetary Fund or the World Bank. You find it in the trading of Nasdaq and 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 uh, and so forth. So what are you finding here? The merchants of the earth represent the bankers of the world, the elitist of those who control the merchandising of the world. Then you look at the third category. You look here now at the at the uh, shipmasters of the world. They they control the sea. So who are these people? Now look very carefully dear friends. If you look at transportation regarding the nature of goods, from one country to another, in other words, importing and you know exporting. When you look at that kind of understanding of, of trade, the there are three means by which you can tra- uh, transport goods. Um, well, actually, four. One is by the road, the highways and the freeways and byways. Nice. The other is railroad. Uh, the third is by plane, and the fourth is by sea. But the number one transportation of goods is not by plane, not by train, not by cars or trucks. Uh, It is by ships. And uh, so what are we talking about? We're talking the most powerful people on the face of the earth are in cahoots with Babylon. What is the result? What is the result of those uh, who are connected with Rome and the fall of Rome? Well, friends, it just tells you very clearly here in the 18th chapter, it's all going to come crashing down around them. It all yes. comes crashing down around them. And uh, and uh, it, there's no, be no place, no safety. Uh, so what you're seeing here, for example, look, just give you one verse here. Look, just to show you, this is talking about the kings of the earth, verse, uh, verse 9 and 10. Here it talks about the kings of the earth have committed fornication. They live deliciously with her. Yes. Uh, they lived a good life. Now it says 
shall bewail her. They're crying, lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. So here she's coming to an end. And now they're weeping and crying. Look at the result. She says, now it says this in verse 10, standing afar off for fear of her torment, meaning they fear the consequences of what is taking place may in the end come to them. She says, alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city for one hour, meaning a very short time, friends. This is this is a it doesn't mean a prophetic time in terms of calculation of days or weeks or months or years. It just signifies for in a quick, short time. Uh, in, in a, you know, in a, in a moments of time, it says, uh, thy judgment is come. When they least expect it, judgment will come and it'll come swiftly. And then you see the merchants in verse 11. They're weeping. They're wailing because of what's happened. She said, yes. And it goes on to say, no man buys their merchandise anymore. Now, what does that mean? When you're looking at this, dear friends, that means the world economy will collapse. Let yes. me just put a footnote in this while we're on this very topic. I want to encourage all our listeners to understand something. Now, I know there are chaotic events taking place right now throughout the world. We see what's happening in Ukraine. We see the, the uh, gas shortages and oil shortages in Europe and in, 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 in England uh, and uh, the United States. There's food shortages and so forth and so on. We see all these things taking place. However, I want to encourage you to understand one thing. Friends. Jesus Christ is still the king of this world and this universe. And nothing, I don't care what Satan devises, nothing can pluck us out of his hand. God is in control. The Lord rules the heavens and the earth. Satan bows to God. God doesn't bow to Satan. And friends, let me tell you this. As chaotic as things are now, God is still ruling the heavens and the earth. All right. So even when this event that we're describing here in Revelation 17 and 18 takes place, God is still in control. He's still going to preserve and protect his children. But woe be to those who build their house upon the sand, because when the storm comes, it will burst upon them in such manner that it will simply destroy the very foundation they're standing on. And so what are the results, John? Utter chaos, ruin, and destruction that will inevitably come to those who build upon the false foundation. Yes, most certainly. Thanks, Elder Ricardo. And listeners, before we move on, I would just like to give now another practical example from history about (laughs) what we're sharing. Because the Bible prophecy is history foretold, isn't it, Elder? A history is Bible prophecy Amen. fulfilled. So let's now, this is, I'm going to read from a book called The Anglo-American Establishment. And this book was given to me, by the way, by, um, by one of the, our late founders of the ministry, Pastor Reginald Wright. And he said to me, he said, John, if you read this book, it's going to give you a great understanding of world history, basically. It's one of the leading books to have. He said, it's tough to read, but take your time. And the Lord led me to this book yesterday, and I want to read an excerpt from it to prove that God's word is true. Okay? Now, this is from pages 33 to 34. Now, this is talking about Cecil Rhodes. Now, he formed a secret society called the Round Table Group, and he built his empire with cruelty and oppression and robbery. Now, listen, listeners, this is where he had his confession of faith from. 
The extension of British rule throughout the world, the perfecting of a system of emigration from the United Kingdom, and of colonization by British subjects of all lands, wherein the means of a livelihood are attainable by energy, labor, and enterprise. To achieve this purpose, Rhodes, in his first will, written while he was still an undergraduate of Oxford, he left all his wealth, now listen, to be used to create a secret society patterned on the Jesuits. The reference to the Jesuits as the model for a secret society is found in a confession of faith, which Rhodes had written two years earlier in 1875, in which he enclosed his will. Now, 13 years later, in a letter to the trustee of his third will, Rhodes told how to form the secret society, saying, in considering questions suggested, take constitution of the Jesuits, if obtainable, and insert English empire for Roman Catholic religion. You see? And so the, his, the constitution of his secret society was, was based upon a constitution that was basically written by the Jesuits. You see, he, he, he based their ideologies, he based his ideology, I should say, upon their ideologies. And he just took out the word Roman Catholic and put the word English Empire in place. And so we see how Rome had an influence upon individuals who ruled the state historically. Not an influence for good, but an influence for evil. And that's taken from the Anglo-American Establishment, pages 33 to 34, Carol Quigley, published in 1981. So, Elder DiCardo, I just thought that I'd add that in this evening so that listeners can see that we're not just talking our own interpretation, that we're allowing the Bible to interpret itself, and history testifies that God's Word is true. So. You know, yes, you know, so John. Just just to add to that, because that is such a powerful, powerful um, uh, quotation and statement you're making. You know, when you see the corruption, the evil, the the intent of what these people are doing, uh, who are associated with Babylon and Babylon itself. As the result of the fall, when you look at that fall, that rejection, yes. apostasy and corruption has accelerated at such a high rate within society. Um, you know, 50 years ago, uh, which is really not that long, I mean, but it, it, obviously in human terms it is, but within 50 yes. years, you look at what uh, what is uh, you know, broadcast, even now on television, it would never have been accepted. Society would have never allowed the vast, vast majority of, of what is presented on television, yes. music, etc., to be broadcast. They would have never allowed it. So it has brought about an utter corruption uh, and a derangement within society, yes. the fall of Babylon. So you see this result. It's, uh, it's just, just well done and beautifully presented. Yes. Now, Elder DiCarlo… Why does God send his second angel after the first angel? Well, again, when you're looking at uh, this particular concept, and of course you're referring very clearly to Revelation 14, yes. and you look at the second angel's message in conjunction with the uh, first, 
You know, you have that message here, the first angel is divided into four parts. And when you look at that very carefully, and again, I want to encourage our readers to go back into your Bibles, Revelation 14, starting here in verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell in the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. So it's again and a, a, a global message. Yes. All the world's going to hear this. And then in verse 7, it's divided into four parts, the first angel. Same with a loud voice. Again, uh, no one will be exempt. It's with clarity and certainty. Fear God, number one. Give glory to him, number two. The hour of his judgment has come, three. And number four, and worship him that made, that, that made heaven and the earth and the sea and, and the fountains of water. So you have four key elements. Uh, and they're all integral uh, into to the first angel and and interwoven within uh, each other. So yes. when you look at that, and then there comes following this uh, these uh, another angel in verse eight of Revelation fourteen. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. It's clear she's fallen because she has rejected rejected the uh, mercy uh, uh, the the uh, the message of mercy in the first angel. Yes. So you see very clearly here there is a reason why that second angel must be proclaimed because there was a definitive appeal being made. Um and and uh, you know this by the way the first angel's message began in the uh, 1840s, uh, thereabouts, somewhere yes. in the mid to early 40s, uh, early 40s. And then you look at this, it's continued on since. This is not a one-time message, and then we move on as though, you know, we're listening to a, a song, and we play one song, it's over, and then we listen to another one. No, this first angel's message will continue all the way up to the close of human probation. Yes. So we're still, that message is still sounding. And by the way, just for our listeners, you are hearing even now the appeal of the first angel's message. Amen. The fact that we're focused on the second is because it's intricately connected to the, 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 the first angel. And Babylon has fallen because she has rejected, she's turned her back. And all the institutions that are connected to her, uh, whether they're political, whether they're uh, uh, religious, they have rejected that message. And we're talking now institutional. Yes. But, but, but you have to realize not everyone who's involved in those institutions has rejected the first angel. This is why that first angel continues. Yes. And that's why the second angel's message is going to repeat it, be repeated again in the fourth angel of Revelation 18, 1 to 4. So you see here an, a very critical part of the first angel's uh, message connected with the second, and that's a message of an appeal. And finally, really, why, why does God send it? Because he's calling his people to come out. Yes. He's telling the fallen churches, it's time for you to make up your minds and to decide who you're going to follow. Is it going to be Jesus Christ? You're going to follow the word, the Ten Commandments? Are you going to follow the Seventh-day Sabbath? Are you going to abide by the sound doctrines of the Bible? Or, we're going to, or are you going to remain in Babylon? Superstition, lies, uh, nice. uh, you know, falsehoods and, and delusions and, and, uh, and the mystical pagan uh, uh, doctrines that have crept through for centuries of time. And so you, it, it's, it's a great appeal. It's a decision that, for yes. everyone to make. Yes. Most well, certainly, Elder. And listeners, this is so serious, you know. And as Elder Decard was speaking, 
the Lord impressed upon my mind this point. When you reject truth, you fall into darkness and error. You have a moral fall because that truth is supposed to keep you in the way of righteousness. So by rejecting the way of righteousness, then that means you're walking away from it. You're not walking in it. And there's only you can either be in God or you can be walking with the devil. You can either be in Christ or you can be walking in, in Satan's way. And this is what Elder Ricardo and this is what this radio show is about. We're sharing the word of God to you listeners so that you can make the truth, so, so, so that you can hear the truth, I should say, and make a decision for the truth. Amen. We're Amen. sharing this message. We're sharing these Bible texts. We're sharing this truth. We're sharing world history to show you that there's a pattern that God is calling us to salvation through Jesus Christ. And he's trying to save us from hatred and from unhappiness. And he's trying to show us the right, the right way, show us the way of righteousness and of love and of happiness. But he's warning us that if we reject his pleading and his message, sadly, we'll be on the way to darkness and to destruction. So we've got to make a decision. It's not just about listening to the shows, but it's for us to make a decision for God and to set our lives right in Christ and in God. See, Babylon has fallen because it rejected the truth of God. And if we reject the truth of God, we ourselves will fall and become demons. So let this not be the way for us to go, listeners. That's all I'd like to say. Now, how can we know if we are in Babylon? In, in the Babylon symbolized in Revelation chapter 14 or 8 or not? Well, let me tell you something, John. For, let's take this. Let's take a look at this. First and foremost, there needs to be a self-examination. Let's go to Second Corinthians. Yes. Let's turn in our Bibles real quick. Let's look at our get the listeners to understand that we're looking at something very critical here. Revelation, excuse me. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter 13. Let's look at Second Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and we're going to look here at verse five. The Apostle Paul's admonition. Listen to what he says. He says, yes. "Examine yourselves." Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. So he says, know ye not your own selves? Don't you know yourself? Don't you aware who you are and what you're about? He goes on to say how the Christ, Jesus Christ is in you, except yes. you be reprobates. So this is a very powerful statement. And by the way, that Greek word for examine means to analyze um, um, as if you are um, – Trying to discover the minutiae of 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 of, uh, of the science of life in terms, of, you know, it's not just it's not just it's a microscope and a magnifying glass. It's everything. Yes. It's, you're you're going deep. It's not surface examination. It's examining the motives and the intents of the heart. So number one, look, how do you know if you're in 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 Babylon? How do you know? Well, number one, you need to do a self examination. We talked about the spirit. Of Rome, the yes. spirit of Babylon. So, do you are you filled with hate? And as you beautifully articulated, are you filled with, with bigotry and racism and hatred? Uh, you know this this issue of whether Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, you know Yellow Lives yes. Matter, whatever. I don't know how many groups are out there now. It it, it seems like it never ends. Yes. But but that's the world's way of looking at the world. Okay, from the Christian standpoint, from the Bible standpoint, we. We as God's people, we don't see color. Amen. We're not. We, it, we see 
all of those who love Jesus as one family, Amen. not a divided family. Uh, remember what Paul says in Ephesians, the middle wall of partition is broken down. Yes. The, you know, he goes on to say there's no more man and female, Jew or Gentile, meaning there's no distinction now. Why are we, why, and what saddens my heart, oh, and it just really, really burdens me. When I start hearing Christians, so-called Christians, so-called Christians, taking up the banner of whether black lives matter, white lives matter, et cetera, et cetera, I'm utterly ashamed. Yes. And, and I can't, appalled at hearing such, such a thing. Look, God has created us all, all. Whether you're white or you're black, regardless, we are all created in the image of the Almighty God. Amen. And uh, and and uh, I refuse. I'll be honest with you, John, and you know this. You and I have talked on multiple occasions. I will. I refuse to partake of that spirit. Yes. I'm not going to participate, and uh, I'm going to condemn. I'm definitely going to condemn that spirit. So you need to examine yourselves. Look at the spirit. What kind of what kind of attitude do you have? Do you hate people? Are you filled with resentment and bitterness and 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 uh, the intent to hurt people for no apparent reason? This is insanity. This is the spirit of Babylon. That's yes. one way. All right. Let's look at another thing. Let's look at another thing. And this is something very important. Let's go back to the book of Revelation. And I want to look here now, Revelation 12, 17, speaking of the remnant church at the end of time. Verse 17 says, the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. I want you to see, listeners, notice very carefully, why is Satan so angry at this one group? Because they have certain characteristics whereby yes. they distinguish themselves from the rest of the world. And notice very carefully, they keep the commandments of God and they've got the testimony of Jesus Christ. Oh, my friends, Amen. look, don't stop there. Let's go to Revelation 14. Look, go to Revelation 14, speaking of the first angel's message, then the second, then we come to the third angel. Look at verse 12. At the end of the third angel's message, look at what we got. Here are the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. And have the faith of Jesus. Amen. So look at what you have here. So you have now very clear distinction. So how do you know whether or not you're in Babylon or not? How do you know? Well, here you have two very important references made to the remnant church at the end of time during this period. And it, and it clearly indicates by certain characteristics. And one of them is they are keeping the commandments. Listener, are you keeping the seventh-day Sabbath? Are you abiding by God's Ten Commandments? Do you follow the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you made Jesus your Lord and your Savior? Not in some things, but in all things. What kind of spirit do you possess? What kind of attitude do you have? If a person of color or, uh, walks into the church, do you welcome them and embrace them in fellowship and love and courtesy and kindness? Do you love them as Jesus has loved you? What is the what is the the the, the very uh, litmus test? How do you know you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? How do you know? Jesus said one time to his disciples when they presented to him a very interesting situation about who his family were. He said, well, who is my mother and father, brother and sister? He said, who is it? He says, he who does the will of my father who's in heaven. Amen. Friends, are you doing the will of God? Because if you're not doing the will of God, if you're not following the Lord Jesus Christ, and I don't care what your profession may be. 
whatever kind of you know, uh, position you may hold in life, none of that relegates itself to the position of favor with God. I can only tell you this. Hosea said, you know, render your heart and not your garments. And that's the key, dear friends. Are you surrendered fully? Do you follow Jesus? Do you love him? Do you possess the spirit of Jesus Christ or the spirit of Antichrist? So how do you know whether you're in Babylon? Well, you've got to look in your heart and ask yourself what's going on and then reflect doctrinally in your life as a Christian. Am I keeping God's commandments? Am I following Jesus? That's how you know. Amen. Elder Ricardo, we'll have a break for some music and we'll come back with some closing thoughts.
Second angel's message. Elder Ricardo, can we have some closing thoughts from you this evening, please? Well, I think in the light of uh, what we've been sharing today and really from the last couple of weeks and the presentations that have been given, I think when you look at this message, it really brings home the importance of understanding where you stand in relation to God. And uh, I think that we need to all examine ourselves we need to take a good look and see what spirit possesses us and really uh, try to understand what it is that god is conveying here this is a message whereby god is warning the world of the dangers that they are in he's pleading with them to please come out of this corrupt evil system and i think anyone who looks at what's taking place around us today can see this evil system existing i don't think you have to even be religious to look and understand that this world is corrupt it is just simply bankrupt morally spiritually economically politically socially on so many levels and i think this common sense tells you something is seriously wrong But I want to encourage our listeners to understand one thing. Despite how straight and strong this message may be, there is a God in heaven who loves you and who wants you in the kingdom of heaven. And I want to encourage each one to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and to acknowledge him as their King and their God. And dear listeners, please listen. This this, uh, series that is being presented is only one of many. And we're going to encourage you, please, to come back and listen to what uh, John has to say and many other speakers along the way. And uh, so I just want to encourage you. Uh, God bless you, and thank you so much. Thank you, Elder DiCarlo. Shall we now end with a word of prayer? Mm. Our Father in heaven, we once again thank you so much for everything you've done for us and to continue to show us your kindness and mercy. I know that we've not been the men and women you long for us to be. Sometimes we've let you down, and for this we're so sorry. Please forgive us. I pray, dear God, that you please bless John and his work. Continue to watch over uh, him, and uh, I ask that you be with myself and Judy and our families. Watch over, I pray, dear God, those that are listening. 
Help us, dear Lord, to understand the importance of the three angels' message and to see and realize that surely you are coming back soon. Oh, bless us now, we pray, and we thank you once again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elder Ricardo, thank you once again for calling in at Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. <clears throat> Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org or you can send a text message to 07944-062-786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address and we will send you a free bookmark called The Second Angel's Message. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section, then find the title Bible Readings to the Home. At chapter 51, you will find the subject The Second Angel's Message. This chapter will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash in that's in dash z that's t-h-e dash wilderness dot podcast page dot i o forward slash on next week's show we will discuss the subject the third angel's message well that's it for tonight's show good night and god bless Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.